Welcome to The Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today we welcome Addie Smith back to the podcast. In case you didn't know, Addie was one of the first three original episodes on The Light Pod nearly three years ago. And we're not here today to continue that on, even though it was one hell of a conversation. We're here to talk a lot about not only what Addie's learned, but how she's also grown since then in her personal and professional career. She's got a killer interest when it comes to swing dancing. She also loves art, and you may have guessed the third thing, she loves lights too. Addie is a senior lighting designer at AE Design in Denver, Colorado, and this is her return to the light pod. Addie, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sam. So good to see you. Nice to see you too. So much fun hanging out. I mean, I feel like we used to see each other all the time, and then the world happened, and then life happened, and now here we are again, and it feels like no time has passed. Yeah, you have a baby. I do have a baby now. Baby Kate, Kate the Great, as I like to call her. Mm -hmm. She's almost four months old, and I feel like I've had her for four years. (laughs) Speaking of years, you've been in the lighting industry for 10 years. Just Just, over. Just over 10 years. And you've had a pretty cool career. I know that you've worked at places like Fisherman at Stone, Shuler Shuck, and then you found a a love for light out here in Colorado. And you've been with A Design for quite some time now. Just over five years. Just over five years. And you've had a lot of opportunity to bring all your passion from these, what I'll just call like really hardcore intense lighting design firms into a place that's a little bit less lighting design focused originally, but now so has transitioned into uh, maybe just sprouting a new leaf, growing a new set of feathers. I don't know. I'm sure there's many, many analogies, but with that comes leadership, comes mentorship, comes a lot of things. And today we're going to kind of dive into that topic talk a little bit more about how if you're looking to become a leader, you might be surprised where it will show up in your life and your career and where that inspiration comes from. But before we get into all of this, do me a favor, remind everyone, tell them who's Addie and how'd you get your start in lighting? So I've been in lighting, like I said, just over 10 years. Um, I started as an interior design student at the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia and thought lighting was the hardest thing about that program and about that degree so did a deep dive and I never looked back you never looked back meaning like the light was so bright you were just (laughs) being sucked down the tunnel of light (laughs) exactly I was drawn to the light SCAD's a pretty cool place I've actually never gotten the chance to visit but there's a lot of people who are not only creative but certainly inspired and they find I feel like one walk of life or another when they go down there and then they find these incredible careers in so many different disciplines lighting is so much technical. Lighting is so much something that is artistic. Lighting is so much something that is rhythmic. And to you, that relates back to dancing. Talk to me a little bit more about your passion for dancing. So I've been swing dancing since I was at SCAD, which is longer than I've been a lighting designer. I think I've been dancing around 13 or 14 years. And it's not a classically trained uh, type of dance. It's a social dance. So it's not overly formal. It's kind of the people's dance. And... It's very improvisational. And when you think about the fact that it's like social, improvisational, it's the people's dance, it's something fun. What do you think has kept you in it for 13 years? It's my hobby, and I haven't tried to make it my job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think there's a whole podcast conversation in there, how to not make your hobby your job. Yeah, I'm guilty as charged. Definitely tried that. Wait, now I'm doing that. It's still fun, though. 
I highly recommend it. Just be prepared for everything that comes along with it. When you think about dancing, there's a lot of things that happen, right? You move to the beat of the music, or maybe not to the beat of the music. Sometimes you're dancing alone. Sometimes you're dancing in groups. Sometimes you're dancing with a partner. Sometimes you're leading. Sometimes you're following. Talk to me a little bit about the nature of dancing and learning to lead versus learning to follow. So swing dancing is a partner dance. Um, there's naturally a lead and a follow. There's been a big movement in the last several years to make that a gender neutral situation for folks, which is really fun. It kind of changes the assumption about who's leading and who's following and people can choose what they prefer. And that's really great. It gives people the opportunity to dial into the thing that they wanna do when they're dancing. And dancing is all about momentum. So a lead initiates the momentum and the follow is there listening and looking out to make sure the lead isn't throwing them into other people on the floor. What's interesting is that leading that follow, as you mentioned, isn't necessarily stuck or pinned to one individual though. It can change during a dance. It can change across the span of years, across songs. There's an opportunity to maybe learn how to do both. And that's really exciting. And there's an understanding when you're leading what your roles are and what when you're following what your roles are. And if you know the partner well enough, you can kind of go back and forth and play around and it can be really fun. And then there are some times when you can actually dance by yourself and then you become your own leader and you become your own expressive momentum and you have to generate that energy yourself if you're dancing by yourself. When it's a partnership, you actually transfer energy to create momentum between the lead and the follow. And it's literally a dance. One person leads, the other catches the momentum, and they turn it around and send it back. And that's the essence of the swing out of the, the Lindy Hop that I, the type of dancing that I do. You keep bringing up a word momentum. Momentum is something that is maybe fundamentally baked into our lives. It's one of Newton's laws, right? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, but that's why you keep your foot on the gas pedal to keep things going. That's why we schedule one meeting at the end of a meeting to keep you know, the momentum going. That's why, as you said, someone chooses to lead and someone chooses to follow in the dance so that they can catch what's being given and turn around and do something with it to make sure that what happens next is teed up ready and available. It's kind of why when your schedule gets busy, you continue to have lots and lots of stuff done. But when your schedule gets light, you kind of lose that motivation to jump in and keep making things happen. And that's not just like your work schedule. That's not just a project schedule. That's a life schedule thing. Mm. A big part of what you've experienced through both dancing and working as a professional for a decade has probably been a bit of a roller coaster for my my math nerds out there a little bit of sine wave or cosine wave i guess they could be the same thing probably not necessarily tangential i studied interior design i did not take a math class in college <laughs> so <laughs> the effects that leading and following have can be a good thing because it allows for leadership to show up when it needs to be there and then maybe not necessarily be there, but support the other thing, the other person, the other business, the other organization, the other project that is then all of a sudden leading the charge for itself. Talk to me a little bit more about how, as you've kind of started to understand how these two things play into each other, that is dance and leadership, where mentorship has played a part in that for you. When you're thinking about your own career journey, your own momentum in your life, you're 
the person leading that energy. You're creating that energy for yourself and you're following it. When you look at mentoring, um, the shift and focus becomes off of yourself and your energy and it starts to care about the energy and development of other people. And that's a fundamental shift that happens It's a mindset. And once that happens, everything changes. You still pursue initiatives that you've had that continue to help yourself grow, but the point isn't necessarily just for you to be the best that you can be. It also then becomes about how can the people around you become the best that they can be. And this mindset has helped so much in the role in my company, the the role that I have as a lighting designer with my clients, as well as my industry peers who I, you know, aren't in my office every day, but people that I look to for inspiration and everybody's feeding into this energy. And if you can grab onto the energy that they're giving you, which is what's sort of feeding your inspiration and moving you forward in your own development and then you can transfer that energy to the other people around you, whether it's down leading or peer leading or up leading. You're taking all of that positive momentum and transferring that to people around you to continue to inspire and influence them. Down leading, up leading, or peer leading, three very, what I'll say pointed phrases, things that make a lot of sense, right? Leading to people that are reporting to you, leading to people that you are reporting to, or leading to people that you're simply working on a collaborative basis with. You mentioned it's about being the best at what you can do, right? Learning how to be the best. And then once you've mastered that skill, the mastery of it actually doesn't you never end. Ma- it, yeah, it, you never master it. It's really only ever started. Yeah. I was told once, become an expert at one thing and learn everything there is to know about it. And then once you've learned everything there is, move on to the next thing. Like never stop learning, always continue developing, and then share what it is you've learned with the people around you, whether that's up, down, or equal. It doesn't really matter. The point is be that expert in the room and then share that with everyone so that they can be an expert at something else. So that the person next to them can be an expert at something else. And the opposite, follow. So the things that you're not leading on that you aren't an expert on, ask questions, listen, wait and hear what other people are saying to affect you. You have to be open to that. That's a key point of following that in dance is crucial. When you talk about following and knowing when to ask those questions, when to learn, it's a very, I might say, obvious thing in a conversation like this. But in the heat of the moment, it can somewhat be combative. Mm-hmm. It can be annoying. It can seem useless. Like, hey, you know, we're not here to teach you. We're not here to mentor you. We're here to get our jobs done. We only have 45 minutes. And thanks, COVID, we have 14 meetings back to back with zero minutes in between each one of them now. How do you feel like you've learned how to kind of break through the following and manage to still get bits and pieces of that without becoming a disruption to whatever it is you're plugged into. That's a good point because I definitely feel the pressure to not be disruptive, like I need to conform and that by sticking my neck out and asking questions is going to just be a hiccup in the process. And so it's definitely a vulnerability that that I've had to work through and still have. But ultimately, you have to care 
about the greater good. You have to care about the message that you're trying to get across or that the point of the conversation, the point of the meeting, you have to be willing to take the risk to to stop everybody and say, wait, this doesn't make sense. Why are we doing it this way? And it's funny because in those moments of you being a follower and not necessarily understanding what it is, but being vulnerable and willing to speak up and ask that question, you actually sometimes become a leader because people realize we actually can't answer your question. We actually haven't thought about that all the way through. Or the answer is, oh, I'd love to explain that to you because I know that's gonna actually make you better at what you do and that's gonna help this entire team navigate the waters better together. I wanna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna dive into that a little bit more, the collaborative nature of being a leader. Talking about a few examples of what happens and talking about really what kind of a role leadership plays, not only in your professional career, but in anyone's career as they continue to develop, whether they're two months, two years, or two decades into it. Sound good? Sounds good. Hey, it's Sam. The Light Pod is brought to you by LightEye, hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. They bring you things like this podcast, documentaries, and a fun thing called the Fire Den, Lit conversations on hot topics. Check it out at lytei.com. And welcome back. Over the break, Addie and I were talking a little bit more about that relationship that two people have when they're dancing, specifically swing dancing. I am certainly not as killer on the dance floor as Addie is, but I understand the fundamentals of swing dancing when it comes to the leader and the follower. I would imagine it's that way in many, many more different forms of dance, whether it's shaking it down like it's Chinatown on a Friday night, or maybe some more classically trained dances like, I don't know, the waltz. Tango. Help me out here. Tango, uh, salsa, so on and so forth. But we were chatting just a little bit about how There are things that happen when you're dancing that are so applicable to leading. And one of them is empowering your partner and transferring or shifting that perspective of follow me to lead me. Addie, talk to me a little bit more about that relationship between the two of those. So it's really important for the leader to create a safe space for the follower to feel empowered to step out and create rather than to conform. That's really important when you're leading. If you can create a safe space that feels comfortable and then you give them that space, they will fill the space with something beautiful and unplanned. If you try to control how everything's going to happen, they will feel the control and they won't be creative and won't enjoy themselves. So something happens when you're leading, you take the energy that's already happening or you create that energy. And at some point you have to transfer it and allow space for that follow to accept it and do something with it. And when you transfer that, the follow actually has an opportunity to take ownership in what it is they're doing. And that ownership is really what happens when in lighting, someone takes a hold of their own journey. They really shift the focus from focusing on themselves and doing their own dance to then actually being the leader, generating their own energy in that moment of their path. When you think, I would just say broadly about design, Mm -hmm. right? And taking ownership when that leader creates the space. Right before the break, we talked about what it means to speak up 
because you are a follower and you want to learn or you have a question and you feel like it's important to ask it, either from the standpoint of it's going to be a critical point or conversation or moment that you need answered in order to guide you to do your job and be the best at what you can, or you just generally don't understand it and you think it's an appropriate form to bring that up where in a very instant moment that energy transfers back and you are that leader. Design is... A dance. A design. <laughs> design is a dance. <laughs> design is a dance. And there are so many things that happen every single day in every single project. And everybody has their core competency, whether or not it's lighting, whether or not it's interiors, whether or not it's how to be sustainable, across everything sustainable within a certain space or place, whether or not it's the general architecture, um, the really boring but important stuff, like does it stand up, is it safe, is it secure, how is it connected? The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And then there's an entire industry that supports that design, right? With sales reps and vendors and the people that just simply make this stuff. And then there's all these people that use it. It's why we all do what we do. It's why we're engaged in design is to create better environments for people. Talk to me about like the ultimate leadership, which is design leading humans, people, an opportunity to understand or experience not even just a premium space, but a space they deserve. I think there's two parts to this. We're either talking about the process of design and being sort of leading the experience that people have with reps, with client, with the interior designer. Doing the dance with them as part of the process can be playful and expressionful and, and unique and fun. But there's also the design that you're putting out in the space that leads people to behavior that leads people to locations, that leads people to memories, that inspires people and in how they interact with the entire space. It's sort of like Inception where you have the fun and creativity of the dance that you're doing to do the work, which to me is the most meaningful part of the whole process. It's why I'm a designer. But then there's also the impact of your design on other people and how that can influence them and dance with them with their own experiences and what they bring into the space when they show up. It's a very interesting concept, right? The design leads the people and therefore the leadership within design itself is required to, so to speak, be the best it can to create the best outcome for the experience of the people that are part of that. And leading within the design process requires true collaboration, right? It can't be a my way or the highway sort of thing because every human has a, a different opinion on the experience they would prefer or the experience they think the people they are designing for would prefer. Just like dancing can't be one person dictating how the dance should be. You have to be open and you have to have this curiosity and playfulness to, to be open to what it could be. The curiosity and the playfulness, two really kind of big words right there. When you look at your journey, you've been a designer for 10 years. You've been injected with lots of opportunity to learn and to follow. And now you're leading. You're leading a lot. What's it like for you to see what I would just say like a more regular uh, pivot into what would be considered as the leader versus the follower, but then being able to slide or dance back and forth and jump back between the two? So finding your footing gives you the ground to be able 
to move around. And with kind of where I'm at in my career journey, I think just having the capacity to notice what's going on around me, to know where people are at and their understanding of, of different things and bring my own awareness, not shifting it off of myself and actually shifting it on. Which of my designers know this thing, you know, this granular technical thing about lighting? Okay, well, what about my region? What about my community? What are the reps thinking about this topic and that topic? And, you know, I'm part of WILD, Women in Lighting Design. What are my peers and the people who I look up to, like, what do they care about? And how am I, I mean, a big part of dance for me is, is stealing what you like and improvising and riffing off of it and passing that momentum on. And there's so many things, you know, I go to conferences or I see a product or I'd have a conversation with somebody and then I don't just let it go. It goes to, okay, who does this apply to? And how can I move on that? Like, what does it mean to move and shake? And it's connecting people with ideas. I mean, this is what you do here at LightEye so well. But as a leader, I mean, stepping into that role, it's finding your footing and knowing who to go to for what and what information to pass on. And it, it's really led by your passion. What are you passionate about? You could lead a million things, but you have to prioritize. And I guess what I'm getting at is what are the things that light you up that make it so that you reach out and do the work and connect with the person that needs that information. And it ultimately, it comes down to caring about moving things forward for everybody, not just for yourself. It's no longer about me and the projects that I do and the clients that I have. It's about how are we as a community, you know, moving light and justice forward? How as a community are we moving sustainability forward? And I'm not the most experienced person, but I care and I'm willing to do some work that is lit under me. And that's sort of how I choose the dances that I'm going to dance. When you think about the dances you want to dance, when you think about all the things you want to do, because you care, leadership is a big part of this, right? Sometimes you're looking for that person who is leading to go dance with them, to then learn and then say, hey, can we switch real quick? Can I lead? Can you follow? And that can happen at a moment's notice. That can happen over time. That can happen across the duration of a project, depending on the circumstances that are at play. There's also one other place that this shows up, and that's all the soft skills that everybody has in life, right? Your ability to just simply look at somebody in the eye across the table and have a conversation. Your ability to put your freaking phone down and say, yeah, I'll listen. And I'll take mental notes and I'll be present so that I can do all this. I think the fascinating thing about your journey to become a leader is it's just as much influenced by the professional environment you're in as it is by the hobbies that you choose not to make your job. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how you've taken your hobby that you've chosen not to make a job <laughs> and how that's helped you become that leader. I think it's been a quite the journey as anyone who's danced knows how incredibly uncomfortable it is at the beginning. It's entirely awkward. The awkwardness in your body and how you relate to your body, the awkwardness in the room, in a, in a social dance floor type space, there's just 
a lot of energy in there that can feel really uncomfortable and you just have to work through it. It is a slow process and you collaborate with your peers, you talk it to the other dancers, you figure out how to work through personal issues, mental issues, physical issues, things like what to wear and how to ask to dance. There's so many things about this hobby that directly apply to being an excellent (laughs) professional no matter what you're doing. You know, I think it's so funny because I look back and I think I would never be as outgoing. I would never be the leader that I am today if I was afraid to dance, if I was afraid to express myself, and if I was afraid to talk to people. I mean, I was that girl that didn't like to pick up the phone and call. My parents always made me, as a teenager, call, and I hated it. And now I can go out in front of a a large group of people that I don't know and have a great time and not be worried about it just from all of the things that you've worked through and processed in your own mind and body to be able to sit here and look you in the eye. (laughs) That doesn't come easy, but that's kind of the skill set that I learned that teaches me every day how to interact with the soft skills of my clients and my colleagues my peers. When you look at all of that and the confidence it's given you, the way how you've pushed yourself here and it's naturally pushed yourself there, and you look at your career today as a lighting designer, as a leader in your own company, as a leader in a marketplace that is, we'll just call it the Rocky Mountains, and getting people to stand up and say, you know, Addy, nobody's asked me that question and that's important. So let's stop and let's talk about that. What can you share with everybody who's listening in terms of where you've seen the most success in this beautiful analogy directly applied to lighting design, (laughs) becoming something people not only want to follow, but lead on? The most success, the biggest takeaway is that I've had to become the leader of my own journey and I'm not looking to other people for that path. I I also do art, I do painting. I don't look at other artists for inspiration. I look at my own experience. I look for where I wanna go and I gather the people around me and I do it. I don't spend my time looking to the left and looking to the right. You are the leader of your own journey and ultimately if you wanna love it and you wanna live it, you have to do it. No one else is going to pick up that journey for you. People will help you along and they'll actually get really excited about the momentum and the path that you're on. And if you're lucky, they'll stick to you and you can take them with you. Having people stick to you and taking them with you might require a little glue. (laughs) It might require a little bit. Glitter. It requires (laughs) glitter. (laughs) Glue and glitter. A little bit of dancing, a little bit of leading, a little bit of following. At the end of the day, what it all comes down to is understanding there's a dynamic across all of this. And the inspiration to become someone isn't fundamentally going to come from what's on the left or what's on the right. Rather, what you dream, what you want to do, and the way you see it. Addy, thank you so much for this (laughs) podcast. Thank you so much for this conversation. And thank you for inspiring me and everyone else. I'm excited to see what you're leading next. I'm excited to see what you're following next. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way they can talk to Addie? Uh, I'm on Instagram and I'm on 
my company's website, aedesign-inc.com. I have to look up what my Instagram is. If you want to look up Addie on Instagram, I'm sitting here looking at it. It's very artistic. It's very fun. Underscore Addie, A-D-D-I-E, underscore Graham, G-R-A-M. She did not take the Graham part from Instagram, I promise. Uh, Maybe a little bit of leading and following there. Addie, hang in there. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Sam. See ya. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Light Pod. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and click that like, follow, or subscribe button. That's the best way to never miss another episode where we talk to people about all things lighting who have inspirational and thought-provoking conversations to share. Until next time, cheers. Thank you.